Well, hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to The Ernest Man Show. Wherever you may be in this world. Just a quick message on how you can win a fabulous prize. After listening to an episode, simply go to my website, theearnestmanshow.com, and go to the Discuss comment section below the episode. Leave a comment. That's it. It's that simple. Within a week, if a winner is chosen, you possibly could be a winner of a fabulous prize. Okay, well, it's it's not a car or a boat, but then again, you don't have to pay any taxes on it. So, what are you waiting for? You've got a good chance, and you can say anything you like. So, that's my message. Now, let's go to the show. Episode number 45, California's Water Crisis, The Unpleasant Truth, Americans are not being told. The following states in the United States of America. New Mexico. Arizona. Nevada. Idaho. And a very large section of Southern California. If you were to ask, what do all those states currently have in common? Well, I will tell you that what they have in common is that they're running out of water. And therefore, it has been put out in the media that there is a water problem with those states when in reality they don't have a water problem. We're going to talk about the actual problem in a bit. But if we just go with the argument of the uh, alleged water problem one of the uh, knee-jerk reactions that um, is pretty common in the states is as soon as something is failing, you go to technology to solve your problem. And there's certainly nothing necessarily or inherently wrong with that except when it becomes the be-all and end-all of how problems are solved. Especially when the solution is stupid. What they're talking about, one of the latest proposals being given serious consideration, is a pipeline, or perhaps multiple pipelines, 
from the state of Alabama, which would go pretty much due west for a very long distance and uh, I believe end up somewhere in Southern California, perhaps the L.A. Basin area. Now, <clears throat> since um, the state of um, Alabama, apparently it uh, has plenty of water. Matter of fact, perhaps even an excess of water. So that was where this idea came from. And of course, I have to be the buzzkill and get the idea squished as quickly as possible because, as I said before, it's stupid. First of all, you've got the cost of building this pipeline. So that alone would be astronomical. Then, besides that, there is the maintenance cost. And uh, that's not going to be cheap. And, in addition to that, assuming that they're not going to be sending sewer water, um, they're going to have to be sending water that at least has been filtered to some degree. There's cost in that. And then perhaps the biggest cost of all is literally pumping this water. Oh, I don't know, roughly, I'm guessing, you know, around 15, 1700 miles because water's heavy and well it takes a lot of force to move it along but um, the fact that uh, across you want to put a pipe or series of pipes across your continent across your country doesn't that strike anyone as the least bit stupid? It's not the kind of thing that um, is very aesthetically appealing. And like I said, not to mention the fact that all along this journey, it's going to have to be maintained and it's, uh, you know, it's going to need people that are keeping an eye on it. So, but the thing is, um, if you look at this from an engineering point of view, of course, truth be said, you would have to have a feasibility analysis done 
and um, as far as the engineering is concerned I'm I'm pretty certain it can be done it's not a question of if it can be done but that's what a feasibility study is all about because for instance when we're talking about obtaining crude oil when does a well no longer produce enough oil well in simple terms what I do know is that it's not so much that a well stops producing oil what it is and oil is even heavier far heavier than water is the amount of energy that it requires to pull that crude oil to the surface because in many many years past they uh, used to have geysers and once they proverbially hit oil under its own pressure there were geysers shooting up you know 40 50 60 feet into the air but um, once you introduce enough pumps you stop having geysers because it's no longer pressurized and now the oil table is going down and it's a very similar concept concerning water in that when you reach the point that the cost of raising that oil to the surface is more than the value of the oil then it's no longer working and the same thing is applied to water it's another resource same thing so if we look at the cost of doing this um, it would be astronomical but what I would like to reiterate what they keep talking about again in the mainstream media is the states that I just mentioned are all running dry and they don't have enough water and so they all go running around what are we going to do what are we going to do oh my god we're running out of water someone sent us water they've they've partitioned all of the Colorado River water which was one of the main absolute main suppliers of water fresh water to that region Nevada California Arizona and um, you know they've divided it and and such they've portioned it up they've done all that 
and they've done it actually very effectively. As a matter of fact, if we just used, well, you could probably use any of those states as an example. Everything from, again, technologies of, of low flush toilets to low usage shower heads. I mean, they have, in the last 30 years or so, they have greatly increased the efficiency and decreased the waste of that precious commodity. And done a very good job of that. But the point is that you can only make something so efficient. That's it. It has limitations. And as far as <clears throat> all that is concerned, they've maxed it out. You get to a point where you simply can't really effectively be much more efficient. I remember, for instance, when I lived several years ago in New Mexico, and um, I thought it was not um, being used to living in a desert climb. And one of the very first things I noticed, which I will say very quickly dawned on me, totally made sense. At some point, they had uh, implemented this. And I, again, I think it's a really good idea. You went to a restaurant, you only got a glass of water on request. That makes total sense. And lawns, which are a, a stupid idea anyway, um, virtually, virtually non-existent in most people's property, again, because amongst other things, um, you know, water there costs a lot of money. That's how they get it through people's heads that, hey, by the way, yeah, you may have moved here from Florida. Well, guess what? You now live in a desert and water is precious. <laughs> so, but things involving uh, changes like that, I mean, especially, especially when something is very culturally entrenched, you know, it's, it's hard to change. People, for the most part, they get used to doing things the way they do them, and they're hard to change. You can have every rational argument in the world, and it's like, well, speaking of water, it's like water off a duck's back. It just rolls off. And, um, but anyway, they apparently, over time, were able to, uh, accomplish that so 
What I'm trying to say here, though, is that a pipeline, the idea of this particular technological savior that's going to save this region is from every angle stupid. And so I hope we don't get involved in the extremely expensive and painful process of doing this, but who knows? Most of us, you know, don't, um, don't care. Doesn't seem like most people care one way or the other. The only time and the only people who care is those people who living in their homes and the irony of this is not lost on me. Everyone from the poorest person to the richest person with the finest homes, when you turn that tap and that just magically that water doesn't appear, it doesn't matter if you're a uh, you know poor person living in a shithole apartment in Bernardino County or where, wherever it may be, or to the finest luxury home when there's no water, none of that matters. Then we, uh, sadly, then and only then do we begin to reevaluate our priorities. And uh, I think that that is a evaluation that these people, and I'm not just talking about the citizens here, I'm talking about everyone, because it affects, this is the one thing, it affects, it pretty much affects them all equally. So it gives new meaning to we are all in this together. So, if we don't have a pipeline, then what else are the alternatives? So, I would like to put across a different idea, and this idea is completely, and I mean completely missing from the narrative Anytime this subject is brought up, and usually it's not as though the water issues are a regional thing, but they tend to nitpick to their particular city in their particular state, as opposed to communally addressing this as a regional issue. Some do. Some do, and that's great because actually that's what it is. That region of the country collectively is going through this, primarily um, due to the fact, as far as a, a supply issue is concerned, um, the, the water partitioning that comes primarily, again, from the Colorado, um, 
isn't enough. It's just, um, it's not that they have necessarily changed anything, any kind of unfairness, but you have, you know, X amount of water, and not only do you have the needs the, to, for the day-to-day -day existence of all these people and all the mundane things that are done, but you have industry. I mean, endless groves of, say, avocados and nuts. You know, you have the entire industry for fruits and nuts and industry, livestock, everything. And it's balancing that. And you're trying to balance things when there's simply not enough to go around. But here's the linchpin that I wanted to bring up. And this in turn, I feel, I'm probably, I'm guessing in the next, I don't know, three to five years is it's just like anything else that is a simmering crisis and you implement some things and it temporarily takes care of this and they've done all that and then the simmer slowly becomes a boil and then the boil as a social concern boils over you know if it was a if it was a pot that was cooking and it was pressurized well, cooks enough and there's enough pressure, it would blow up. It blows up into a, a full-scale social uh, crisis. And I could see that happening. And the reason I could see that happening is that, fundamentally speaking, Americans are not prepared. They're really not prepared at all not even remotely, for that kind of sacrifice required. And I'm talking about very sustained. I'm not talking about something six months, a year, two years. This could be five, six, seven years. And Americans don't deal with that very well because it's not part of the ingrained consumerist psychopathic psychology that they have been raised on the the overwhelming everything is me 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 the world revolves around me i want this and i want it now so <laughs> they're not uh, not the most patient folks in the world as far as that's concerned um, but getting back to what I stated earlier, in my opinion, what's not talked about is that in reality, they don't have a water problem. They have a people problem. These areas, I'm talking about, I don't know, going back at least... A hundred years ago, maybe a hundred and thirty, forty years ago. I mean, these areas 
I'm talking about huge mega areas now, such as Las Vegas and certainly Los Angeles. If you look at it from a naturalistic point of view, they were never intended and should not be places for mass human living. When the immediate environment around you simply will not support you, it is foolhardy and foolish to absolutely insist on living there. So, for millennia, those areas, those places that are now some of, I say some of, the most densely, largely populated areas on the planet were never in, never meant to be based on the local geology and, and climate. Now, in times past, for instance, before we became so deeply technolized, let's say, um... You know, if there wasn't adequate water and you couldn't get, you know, adequate groundwater or just, you know, if it was just, you just moved on. <laughs> you know, we can't, we can't live here. We can't survive there. Hence the reason I think, you know, for instance, even today, there's not a huge community of people living in Death Valley. Same, same idea, same concept. But um, at some point in the last, whatever it may have been, 70, 80 years, however, we slowly re-engineered, we built dams, I'm talking about in this re region, and... Um, the population just went up and up and up, and then there was water crisis on a local level. And well, then we're gonna, you know, we're gonna dam up the Colorado River, and then we're gonna send it. And that was technology, and that was working pretty well. Um, the, the again on a regional basis that worked was working pretty well, um, certainly into the 60s, um, probably, I'm guessing, I could argue that probably the mid to late 70s, then after that, everything radically began to, began to change, and it's been a slippery slope spiraling down ever since. And, of course, despite, in the case of California, in Southern California in particular, um, when the so-called exodus, or the large exodus from that area, from many residents... Um, up until that point, which was fairly recent, I mean, for 
again, through the all through the years post-war, post-Second World War, certainly all the way up through the 70s, 80s, and perhaps 90s. As far as we're not we're not talking about natives who even those people that have been there only say a generation or two, but from everywhere, they just kept coming and coming and coming. And by doing that, you increase the load on the available local natural resources. And remember that when, when that happens, for most folks, you know, it's not like they come and they stay a week or two and leave. <laughs> they need those resources for a lifetime. And then, of course, all the additional births. And so it just, you know, if I, if I targeted areas and, and to a greater or lesser extent, you can in, include in that region, certainly. Uh, I'm not just talking L.A. I'm talking Vegas and certainly Phoenix and all of the cities surrounding it. Well, the population just keeps spiraling upward. And I mean big time. Because prior to World War II, you know, if we're looking at the 1930s, by comparison, all of these cities, these places, they were, they existed, but they were sparsely populated, relatively speaking. But uh, obviously that's not the case now. But... I'm not, again, I'm not supporting, I'm not seeing this as a water issue in as much as it is a people issue. And these pig-headed creatures who almost in an adolescent-minded mindset who absolutely refuse to accept reality they don't want to leave you know it's pretty understandable in that respect because if you don't count not having any water I mean it, it has a, a very nice climate and there are reasons for that you know people want to be there people want to be in those places for that reason but the problem is when reality rakes its raises its 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 head and saying, "Well, all you a whole lot of you have got to go." <laughs> so, just what I wanted to chew on, and uh, perhaps um, if I hear from you. Because I want to hear from you. I want to know what you think. And the way you do that is go to my website, go to my contact page, and you know how to reach me. But just what I, before, uh, before I get out of here, what I wanted to touch on was, assuming if I'm correct, if they're not going to build this pipeline three-quarters across the continent. Um, 
you know, let's say that beginning tomorrow, let's just say there was a mass exodus of population from that region. And I'm including all of it, the, the whole region, those states, again, of New Mexico, Arizona, Nevada, Southern California, and certainly parts of Idaho. Combine all those in that region. Where do they go? Where do they go? That is a topic I think that we will have perhaps next time. Hey everybody. Before I wrap things up, I just wanted to give you this little message about the contest. When you go to my website at theearnestmanshow.com and go on the comment section, you can actually leave a comment about anything you want whatsoever. After all, this show is not about me, it's about you. And I really want to know what it is you want to talk about. So please, fill something out, let me know exactly what you want to talk about, and that is exactly what we will talk about. Other than that, all I can say is, I hope you had a good day today, and I hope we all have a better day tomorrow. Take care.